This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, Episode 19, Toolbox Episode, The Four Rules of Budgeting. Traditional financial planning is no longer working. And in the new normal economy, your hosts, Mark Willis and Holly Bach, invite you to join us as we engage the new and improved steps for establishing financial sanity. Be curious, be stable, be sane. This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. Happy January, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Not Your Average Financial Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Willis, and in the studio with me today is Holly Bach. Hello, everyone. And Katrina Willis. Hi there. And we've got some cool stuff to go through with you today. Hey, we're going to jump on. We're shameless promoters, right? We're going to jump on the the gravy train of budgeting. Budgeting. That's what January is all about. Uh, And so I think it would be cool to start the year off right. So many people do with the idea that, hey, we can actually take some sort of control over our money. We're big believers in that here at Lake Growth Financial Services. And we think that uh, a budget is something that is a valuable component in one's financial life. Uh, Certainly, I think that you can do this with your cash flow, your monthly bills, you know, your light bill, your Netflix bill, your other Netflix bill, your Hulu bill. Uh, How many other (laughs) streaming services do we have at this point? You have a a category line item for streaming TV services. Yeah, that's that's when you know you're a great budgeter. Only in January, Mark. It's cold outside. Mm -hmm, That's right. Yeah. Uh, So I think um, when I look at at, um, people's financial plans, budgeting is an important part, both on the cash flow side. Also on your saving and investment side, you know, let's name the dollars that you save too. That's an important part. We'll get into some of the real rules around budgeting. Uh, it's not just uh, some nerdy thing that you do and set it, set aside and don't think about ever again. One of the things that really catches me when I'm sitting down with folks is how quickly when we're doing a budget, they'll bring out, they'll pull out their bank statements and start pouring over their expenses. And I get it, you know, we're looking over the past uh, to sort of see how much we spend on, you know, again, all of our TV streaming services, how much we spent, uh, you know, at, at the dog care clinic last last month. But uh, one thing that I guess I want to make very clear at the start, and I guess it's maybe my own axe to grind, is that budgeting is not about the past. It's not about what happened last month or last week or last year. Yeah, that can help us kind of get an idea of what we might spend in the future. But really, budgeting is about the present and the future. It's about what's happening right now. How much do I have? If I open up your bank account, what's the total amount that's in there? Uh, would you guys want to add anything to that? Has that been your experience when you budget or when you help other clients budget? I guess I just feel like a lot of times when budgeting comes up, there's like this instant like uh, reaction. Yeah. Um, and of course, it's a negative reaction, right? No one hears the word budgeting and is like, woohoo. Let's do it, you know. Oh, you know, you, you, I'm the only one. Budgeting is hot. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. Or at least, you know, that that word. You know, it's just, it's just that word carries such a strong connotation um, in our society, and 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 it's hard, you know, because we we try to dispel that. And and budgeting's really, or budgeting doesn't have to be this, you know, stodgy, restrictive non, you know, flexible entity, you know, budgeting um, is fluid, right? Um, You know, budgeting changes, you know, throughout the course of time. And we'll get into that a little bit later in this episode. Um, And so I guess, you know, just just kind of throw away your preconceived notion of budgeting. Budgeting is not what you probably think it is. And if you're budgeting correctly, 
um, then it's, it's a lot easier than you think. And, you know, maybe you've tried before, it didn't work. You know, half the time, I feel like when that's been the case and I'm speaking with a client, you know, they just say, oh, I tried budgeting. That's just not for me. Um, it typically is because there's some underlying misunderstanding of how to budget. They don't know you know, the, the steps they don't, you know, they, they broke their budget in a way because mm-hmm. uh, they didn't know how to use it. And so I would just kind of add that in there, you know, bear with us. We're going to kind of try and help you walk you through budgeting, what it looks like and how you can be successful in budgeting. Holly, I don't think I've ever asked you, have you, have you ever played a musical instrument growing up? I have actually. What what did you play? I played the piano. Piano? Yeah. Right. too. You played too? Okay. We both yeah. are piano players. And I was a violinist and the kid that got, you know, the swirlies in high school. I was that kid. <laughs> so when I first picked up my violin, I was terrible at it. And it, I, I almost broke it, right? Just like we break our budgets. And it certainly didn't feel natural. Um, but as you, it's really interesting. I don't know if you guys have ever done dancing or piano, got good enough to do piano with this level, but you get to a certain point in your, in your uh, instrument playing or dancing or pick your art. Art, artistic work would be another one. You get into that state of flow. Actually, jazz musicians sort of talk about that state of transcendence or that state of flow that they get into. And I don't want to tell you that when you're budgeting, you start, <laughs> <laughs> you're in this transcendent state. Maybe it's just me. Maybe the lights I'm, dim. Yeah, okay. The jazz comes on. Maybe the not your average has gone too far here. But I think that <laughs> I'm a little weird here. I get it. But once you get into the, the, the routine of budgeting and you start to work with each other, if you're a, a married couple, for example, you really do get into a flow with each other and it becomes simpler. Katrina, I think we've mentioned in previous episodes how we basically had to meet for budget meetings and we actually called them budget meetings like a business meeting mm-hmm. for our mari- for our marriage we would meet in a public space mm-hmm. why was that why was it important to meet in a public space at the beginning budgeting is not fun i just wanted ice cream and to be involved because that was fun um but it does work better when you have two people involved that's a phenomenon i found the that's people true. that i talk to that are singles and they're trying to budget on their own it's rough. It's rough. I dare any single person to show me a successful budget. Uh, if if you do, I'm, I, I will gift you something. If you've done it over <laughs> a period of a couple months. Yeah, yeah. totally. Because it's, it's hard. To, I mean, we all kind of do it once or twice, and then we forget about it. We put it behind the stained glass. Okay, mm-hmm. so here it is in as simple terms as possible. Uh, what are the best simple – what's make picking up that instrument of budgeting as, as simple as possible? Here it is in three steps. One, enter your income. Add it all up from the last month. Uh, or if this is your first time to budget, just open up all your accounts, add it all up. This might be as simple as opening up your bank account, your wallet, and looking under the couch, couch cushions. All right, so that's step number one, add it all up. Number two, budget it all. Put a name on every dollar. And finally, number three, follow it. Follow your budget. It's really that simple. Okay, so there's no perfect budget here. Uh, we're going to uh, basically be making mistakes probably the first six to eight months and we'll break every single one. We'll have to go back and start again every month. But that's the point. It's not so much keeping to the rules. It's about returning to the process. It's the activity piece and not the passivity. So the people right. that use Mint or these other, you know, set it and forget it, it that's not really budgeting. That's, a, that's an app. But what we're talking about is an active return to the process, and it's not a perfect process, right? Yep. So uh, let's take a look at how uh, we can really follow that process. How do we when we do return, what are we returning to? And there are four rules that we believe are crucial to the budgeting process. Now, I'm going to say right up front, we didn't create these rules. I'm not that smart. We discovered them. Uh, we came across a website a long time ago called You Need a Budget. You Need a Budget, or YNAB for busy people. 
Uh, it's a budgeting tool, it's a website, it's an app, but it's also a site. It's a website designed to really teach people a philosophy on cash flow, on budgeting, cash flow management. And so I use this for my personal life. Katrina and I use this in our marriage. We even use this in our business. So it's really been something we found valuable. Holly, I think you use it as well. Is that right? Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. All right. So we're not like affiliates or related to wine. We just think they're cool. And, we uh, eat so, the cooking. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to jump into the four rules on YNAB. So the first rule uh, is give every dollar a job. And here's how it works. As soon as you get money, you'll decide what it needs to do. Uh, whatever is most important to you at that time. Then, instead of deciding to buy something based on your mood, like opening up your checking account, oh yeah, I got enough to go get go get pizza tonight, um, you know, or that big or small pile of money that's sitting there, you'll just decide based on your rock-solid plan, the employment of those dollars. Mm-hmm. And so let's kind of use a little analogy uh, to illustrate this this rule of giving every dollar a job. So let's imagine that you have a free afternoon, right? So you have kind of five hours from, you know, it's 12 noon and until five o'clock that evening, you have nothing going on, nothing on the calendar. So five hours of unscheduled bliss. And at some point along the way, um, you have to decide how you're going to use every single one of those hours. Right. So, you know, whether it is sitting on the couch eating potato chips or, you know, doing something productive, uh, maybe you decide to you know, go for a walk or do something else, then you're at some point a decision has been made in how those hours are going to be used. Now, it's, of course, your choice. You can decide how you're going to do them. But no matter what, it's a finite amount of time that you have to decide how it will be spent. Um, and so, you know, you can maybe even break it up, do a little bit of, you know, little little bit of, you know, kind of luxury, you know, not mm-hmm. doing much, do a little bit of productivity. doesn't matter. The important part is engaging in that process of choosing how you'll spend your time. Based on priorities and prioritization. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. And so it's the same with your money, you know, is that when your money comes in, you have to be actively participating in that process of deciding how those dollars are going to be used. Because otherwise, just like you could, you know, kind of flounder your entire afternoon, you could flounder your entire paycheck. Poof, it's gone. Um, I mean, I can't even tell you the number of times that I've, I've spoken with clients and they tell me, oh, I make this much and I have no idea where it goes. Right they're not giving every dollar a job and they're not budgeting, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, because they don't know where their, where their money's going I've, to. I've heard it said that if you don't employ your dollars, they're unemployed and they'll go find somewhere else to work. Oh, <laughs> I like that. That's good. That's good. Um, but yeah, so just kind of the, this idea of taking your money, you know, as soon as it comes in, as soon as you enter that income, give every single one of those dollars a job, put them to work for you. Mm-hmm rather than for someone else. Um, and, you know, make sure that you're, uh, you know what that dollar is supposed to be doing and doing for you in the, you know, weeks and months to come. Right. And being honest with your employees, right? Your dollars need to be some somewhat realistic. Say, say a bit about that, Holly. Well, yeah, I mean, it's just this and this is another common fault um, of people when they're trying to budget, right? And they don't necessarily know how to budget is they will build this, you know, kind of fictional ideal budget, right? Where they say, oh, well, I would like to only spend $200 on groceries in a month. Well, yeah. I've got a story on this Mark Willis is who I'm looking at over here. So tell this story about what what happened here with our budget. This is pretty embarrassing. That's what podcasts are for. Well, well. Expose. So when we were first um, dating and we were doing some premarital counseling, we sat down and uh, went through a budget with a counselor. 
And guess how much Mark had on his budget for groceries? 50. 25. Oh my gosh. I knew it was low. It was low because I was cooking for him and making all the, yeah. and I might guess how much mine was. It was a lot higher. We were, we're on college hundreds, meal plans and everything. Hundreds of dollars <laughs> because Mark was eating all my food. Hey, well, there, it was it was well worth it. <laughs> <laughs> so why does give every dollar a job matter? Let's talk about that. It's a conscious intention, right? right. I mean, mm-hmm. you are intending to spend those dollars. Is it, yeah. uh, is it consciously out in the open or is it unconscious? You're driven by those intentions. Well, you might as well so. make it conscious. So it's, it's a lot less stress uh, when you've made that conscious decision. Uh, you've already mapped out a plan. You've got your priorities. You've built up uh, intentionality into it. So instead of stressing over every little thing, oh, can I actually go out to eat tonight? Oh, can I, uh, can we, are we going to have to fight over whether or not we can, you know, um, I don't know, send a gift to, you know, the in-laws this month? Uh, You're making a decision based on a uh, prior list of priorities and values that you have uh, innate inside your budget. So that's the first rule. Give every dollar a job. Number two, embrace your true expenses. Embrace your true expenses. Make, so this is kind of going back to my groceries, right? Um, make your money boring. <laughs> Did your car break down? No big deal. Are the holidays coming? You got a Santa-sized pile of money just stashed away. No credit card required. Imagine never, ever dreading the arrival of a huge bill. And that's how uh, embracing your true expenses works. Here's how it works. Take that large, infrequent, less frequent expense the stuff that you usually send, uh, you know, to your auto insurance every six months or whatever, and uh, the stuff that usually throws you off whack with your budget. You know, you tried that budget. It didn't work. Well, why was it? Probably because you stumbled across one of these infrequent expenses, these rainy days, as they call them. So you break them into manageable monthly bills. So that gets rid of the financial roller coaster. And on and you're on to a much more financially sane lifestyle. Holly, what, what experience have you had or what, what thoughts do you have on rule number two, embrace your true expenses? And I, I think, you know, we, we have to realize, obviously, nothing in life is predictable, right? right? You can't predict every single thing that's going to come. And again, another thing that breaks people's budgets is they'll try, they'll budget. Maybe they do budget well for, for two months, things go pretty well, and then boom, you know, something happens. And then all of a sudden, oh, budget broke because this unpredictable thing just happened or or came up in our finances that we didn't account for. Um, And so that's kind of what rule two is about, where, you know, we want you to be preparing for those things ahead of time, because when you know that unexpected things can happen, is it really that unexpected? Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, Mm -hmm. you can account for the unknown just by virtue of the fact that the unknown happens. Um, And so that's kind of what what this is all about. So um, I love the people. And of course, you know, uh, this is um, you know, this episode, you'll be listening to this in, in, in January, you know, after the holidays and everything. And so it might be a little appropriate. I, I love the people that are surprised by Christmas. And they're like, oh, I just didn't even see it coming, you know? <laughs> and and you're like, really? It's been around for 800 years. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah you know, and I'm pretty sure it comes, you know, December 25th every year. Um, and believe it or not, uh, you can be preparing for it. 
you know, you can start preparing and saving for Christmas in December. It doesn't have to be this huge, um, overwhelming expense just in the month of December that you'll know, put you back, uh, you know, get all this credit card debt, whatever the case may be. Through a budget, uh, you can actually be accounting for that um, and you can kind of be saving aside. So, you know, Christmas is just one example, but then there's also, you know, your wedding anniversary. You can save for that throughout the year. That comes every year too? Yeah, that's another one. Sheesh, wow. <laughs> Pops up on people, you know. Um, you know, also semi-annual or even quarterly payments that you might have, whether that's insurance or something else. You can, you know, how much easier would it be to come up with or to save and set aside $100 for three months than to try and, you know, kind of cough up a full $300 in one month? Right. So we're talking about kind of breaking these things down into bite sized manageable pieces throughout you know, the months, throughout the year, so that when that expense comes, it's been accounted for and it's been saved for um, and really ease that burden of you know, receiving the bill or, or having that event come up. I mean, you don't want your, your anniversary to be stressful. You know, you don't need you don't need finance stress on top of that. You want to know that the money's there, be able to spend it and and not even not even bat an eye. So when you've been able to kind of pick and choose your potential emergencies, I mean, no one's going to have planned every uh, contingency, right? We're here in uh, Chicago, Illinois. I'm not saving up for the volcano fund or anything like that here in Chicago. But, you know, who knows? Who knows what's going to come? So that's actually getting us into rule number three, which is roll with the punches. Roll with the punches. So in boxing, you move your body in the same direction as your opponent's punch to help lessen the blow. The same rule applies to your budgeting. If you can be flexible and address overspending as it happens, you'll be much more resilient for it. So if I put away a bunch of uh, money into all these infrequent kind of rainy day funds uh, to embrace my true expenses, and then the volcano does hit or some other weird thing that we couldn't have expected does happen, we can always roll with the punch and pull from one, one category and move it into another uh, that we might not have expected. Uh, so how, how does this whole thing work? Well, when you overspend in a budget category, you just kind of adjust. Uh, there's no guilt. There's no breaking the budget. Uh, if you plan to take your kids to the beach, but hey, maybe it's pouring down rain, do you still go? Of course not. Circumstances are going to be changing, and that's what life is all about, rolling with those punches. Your budget's no different. If you overspend on a category, free up the money from another category and just move along. Life continues. You're okay. Uh, your budget is going to be okay. You're the boss of your own money if you've given every dollar a job. You can always give a dollar a prom- promotion or change their job description just the same. Yeah, without rule number three, when you overspend, you may just want to give up. Right. You know, And you may start to believe that budgeting just doesn't work or that the whole idea of trying to guess what you spend um, is a complete waste of time. So you may start to think that you don't need a budget, but you need more income or you need a raise. And so we've seen people that come in and they make a ton of money and they still think they need to make more money to solve their, their issues. But really, it's just where is your money going? What, it, what job does that bucket of cash have? Um, and But with rule number three, you know, if you slightly overspend, like, oh, okay, this month in groceries, we budgeted $2,000 for the whole family and we spent... $2,200 in groceries. Uh, we broke that budget, but we have an extra 200 bucks sitting here in a transportation line item. We can pull that, and it's all balanced out. Um, you don't feel like a failure, and you don't feel tempted to quit because the budget works at that point. You're being honest about the available cash, and you're not overspending 
what's in the income there. Um, you, you know, this is right. one of the reasons I love YNAB too, is because you can easily make those adjustments and it works right on the screen. And just to piggyback on the rule number two we were talking about with Holly, like when you're budgeting for Christmas, you can break that payment down into like divided by 11, you know, and in YNAB you can put that little amount mm-hmm. every single month and it'll accumulate into a bucket that you can pull from at the end of the year. It's pretty cool. Starts rolling forward. Yeah. Wonderful stuff. Now, rule number four, and I guess the rule number three main point there is you don't have to be perfect here, guys. Uh, just commit and watch it work. So rule number four is age your money. Age your money. When you're spending money that you earned last month, you'll have nothing to stress about money-wise. The goal is to be spending the money you made at least 30 days ago, okay? So this this rule is the, the black belt. It might not happen overnight. Uh, you might be only, um, you know, uh, your age of your money might only be two days old before you spend it. So the idea is how long did the money sit in your bank account before you spent it? Uh, that dollar that you put in there three days ago or 30 days ago, um, how long has it sit, has it been sitting there before you had to spend it on something? Uh, so that's really the rule, and that's really truly the game-changing rule in budgeting. Holly, what are your thoughts on number four here? I think that you know, if you think about that, it sounds a little confusing. Age your money, like you know, what does that mean? How do how do I how is money have an age? <laughs> um, it you know, but if you think about it, and like you were saying, Mark, is you know, how long has your money been sitting there before you spent it? You know, for most people, it, it probably is the case where you know you have um, your money's only been in there for a day or two days before shoot, you know, right back out, right back out the door to to pay that bill or, or take care of this or that expense. Um, and so, really, when your your money is young. Uh, then that is the paycheck to paycheck cycle. Right. As soon as it comes in, it's right back out. As soon as the paycheck comes in, it pays off the bills and you're trying to make it to the next one comes in. You know, your, your money is not sitting there for any period of time. So when we say age your money, really the ultimate goal is you want to be, you know, kind of living on last month's income. So you want to have it where, you know, the paycheck comes in and it's not spent for a full 30 days. You, you mm-hmm. receive the paycheck in, you know, let's call it December. It's going to sit there for 30 days and it's going to pay for January's expenses. So you'll have a full month's income just sitting in your paycheck or sorry, sitting in your checking account (laughs) at any given time to use. Yeah, I actually remember doing this when I was uh, intuitively, I guess, uh, when I was working at restaurants. I'm sure some of our listeners do the same. Uh, Every night I'd put my tips in a little lockbox in our house uh, and I wouldn't crack that box open until the end of the month when Katrina and I would sit down and go over our income for the upcoming month. So you could do this with your budget and your checking account just the same. It doesn't have to be a physical lockbox in your house. Uh, and with the help of the other three rules, you'll be more purposeful about your spending. Consistently, I, I have found you'll spend less than you earn uh, and you'll be more prepared for those uh, eventualities, the future in general. Uh, you know, eventually you'll be able to cover May's rent with dollars that you earned back in April, right? Uh, when your money's at least 30 days old, you'll, you know, I, I found that you'll wonder how you ever lived without it. And I just think that, you know, budgeting, what is it about? You know, you, you don't budget just for fun, right? Well, unless you're Mark. <laughs> um, you know, but budgeting has it, it has this its purpose. And that purpose is to make you more aware of your money and what it's doing, right? Mm-hmm. And so when you're, you're giving every dollar a job, you're having to decide exactly how that money is going to be used so you know how that money is being used. So it's, it's growing your awareness around your finances. It's making sure that money is not 
just flying out the windows in any which direction and, and you're not aware of it at all. So at the end of the day, I guess I'd see these four rules are simple, but not simplistic. You know, it takes a lifetime to, to master these. Uh, I'd say that really the the four rules, as we've kind of been using them in our lives, Katrina, and I'm sure Holly, for you guys too, uh, has just been a revolution for how we think about money. And I love our clients because oftentimes they get this intuitively. They're working on this already when we meet them. And even when they start saving and bank on yourself policies, they're doing these same four rules with their policies too. Mm -hmm. Nothing stops you from, it doesn't mean you have to do this only with your checking accounts, right? You could do this with your bank on yourself plans. Here's Here's my policy for retirement. Here's my policy for kids' college. Or here's this portion of this policy for the cars. You're talking about the cash value and line items right. for loan possibilities. Give every dollar yep. a job. Every single dollar yes. has to have a job. Uh, so I'd say that that's really one of the coolest things I've seen work uh, are these four rules wrapped around your overall financial plan. I've met some of the poorest people and I've met some of the wealthiest people, both free and enslaved by money. doesn't matter how little you make doesn't matter how much you make, you can master money uh, rather than it letting, uh, rather than it mastering you. Mm -hmm. So as we're sitting here, it's it's January, right? And so the, the, the theme and the idea is, you know, it's a new beginning. It's a fresh start. Um, and so there's really no better time to, you know, make a new beginning for your financial situation, your financial knowledge of your situation. And so try, you know, try starting a budget. Um, you know, give it, give it a try. Give it a couple months. The first month's going to be messy. You're going to break your budget <laughs> a couple times. Um, but give it a couple months and you'll and you'll start to see the patterns evolve and you'll start to see yourself become more and more aware of how much you're spending. Oh, believe me, you'll become all too aware <laughs> of mm -hmm. how yeah. much you're spending, you know, on eating out. And, you know, those are some of the things that <laughs> you'll, will be blatantly revealed to you as you start budgeting. But ultimately, that's a good thing. Um, you know, knowledge is power. And so the more you can know about how much you're spending and what you're doing with your money, the better off um, you're going to be. So, it, you know, January start marks a beginning. So let's use that um, to help kind of get off on the right foot with our finances. So, you know, if you want to take control of your financial future, but you don't know how to budget, um, you know, please feel free to reach out to us. You know, we're more than happy to help. We we're more than happy to, you know, dive a little deeper into these four rules and even help you kind of build your own, your own budget. Um, and so you can do that by heading to the Not Your Average Financial Podcast website and and, you know, clicking on the button to request a meeting, uh, book a meeting with Mark or myself. And we'd be more than happy to kind of walk you through some of this and help you uh, make 2018 the best year that it can be um, and spreading your financial knowledge in the years to come. So thank you, everyone, for joining us for another episode of Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think different about your money, your economy and your future. This has been another episode of the Not Your Average Financial Podcast. To join a financial revolution and start thinking different about money, go to www.nyafinancialpodcast.com and click Request a Meeting. The topics presented in this podcast are for general information only and not for the purposes of providing legal, accounting, or investment advice. On such matters, please consult a professional who knows your specific situation.